pray for the country of Ukraine. We pray for peace and a peace that only God can bring about. Pray for protection. You know, pray that the Lord posts his angels around us mm -hmm. and protects us. Pray for the team. Pray for their needs. Uh, pray for that we can get enough people to go and take care of the needs ongoing because we plan to be there for quite some time. But most of all, pray for the people affected. Pray for peace in Ukraine. Uh, pray for the people uh, who are having to flee because of the crisis. Welcome back to On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and this is a podcast taking you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. What you just heard was our DC-8 cargo plane taking off on Friday morning, March 4th, from our hangar in Greensboro, North Carolina. Samaritan's Purse is sending an emergency field hospital with a specialized disaster assistance response team to respond to the hurting people of Ukraine. If you've been following along with us, this is the third episode we've posted this week about the Ukraine crisis. Our hearts have been gripped by this conflict, and Samaritan's Purse has been working around the clock to send critical relief, and we wanted to share what was happening. Our podcast team was on the ground to see the airlift on Friday morning, and at 4 a.m., the disaster response specialists were coming in to check their luggage and get COVID tested. We were able to talk with a couple of our disaster assistance response team members. Uh, I'm Chelsea Music. I do dart, and I also do cleft lip and cataract projects with Samaritan's Purse. Um, I'm an OR nurse and labor and delivery nurse, so I'm going to help set up the OR. So this will be a new experience of setting it all up by myself, but I think I'm ready for that. I've never been in com a combat zone quite like this. I've done some work in South Sudan and seen casualties and stuff of, of bombing and stuff, but nothing quite this extreme. So I'm praying for you know, mental stability that, that the Holy Spirit will help me kind of know how to care for people in the right moments, whether it's just staying with them or getting the right supplies to who needs them or doing the skills that God has blessed me to have and, and to actually do my nursing skills. But it's, it's going to be ever-changing, I think, on this deployment. My name is Damon Tripp, and I am the Emergency Medical Response Operations Specialist. In 1995, um, I left the United States to go to Kiev, Ukraine to start a Christian clinic. And uh, during that time, I also started a Bible study in the medical university and uh, turned that all over to the Ukrainian staff in 1996. So it's really um, a really surreal and exciting thing for me to go back and be able to help the people that I helped over 25 years ago. So I'm, I'm really excited to go back and see how God has changed a nation since I was there last. I'm Barbara Rash. I am with World Medical Missions and Laboratory Support. I guess one of the neatest things is as the, I walked around with the team, they quickly tell me their blood type because they're willing to give their own blood for these people. Um, many of them, again, remember Barb, I'm O positive because they know it's a common type and the thing that we might need. And they immediately volunteer that as soon as we're here. So I really feel like I work with the best team in the world. These people, um, We've served in, in places like Iraq. We've been in Mozambique after cyclones, and we've delivered babies. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a close team. We, we've seen a lot, but we've seen God do what only He can do in these situations. We had the chance to talk with Samaritan's Purse leadership to hear more about the airlift. 
first, I talked to Dave Phillips, our Deputy Director for International Projects. So why are we here today? What are we sending? This is a very exciting day. Mm -hmm. Um, In the midst of so much darkness right now in the situation in Europe, we're able to send over the DC-8 with all of these supplies to help people that are in need. So we see this as the light of Christ, as an opportunity to to go in Jesus' name to a place with a lot of darkness. And the DC-8 is taking over medical supplies. We have a a hospital that's on board the DC-8 that will be able to fly right onto the border in Poland where the need is to be able to help people there in Jesus' name. And, you know, we we sent a hospital to Haiti, but that was the first response since COVID has broken out where it hasn't been a COVID hospital. So what is, I guess, the difference now with this man-made disaster and and kind of more broad needs, I would say? So what what are you seeing and what are the needs there that we're responding to? So it's a great question because this hospital has been specially designed for the crisis itself. So this is a, a, a trauma focused uh, hospital, which means like when you think about different disasters around the world, you have to respond to the needs of the people who are going through that crisis. And so particularly right now, we're looking at people that might be war wounded, uh, who need uh, immediate life-saving surgeries. And so both the equipment that's on the DC-8, as well as the personnel, the medical personnel who will be on there, um, are specially trained in trauma surgery. So that's a whole uh, suite of both training as well as equipment that we've been able to, to mold together and make air mobile so it specifically fits on the Samaritan's Purse cargo plane and it can be deployed. So we are, um, we're so blessed to be able to deploy this thing and to do that in Jesus' name. We're praying that we can be hope for them in a dark place because we've all seen what's going on there and that we can relieve suffering and offer hope uh, with this hospital. Um, and offer them the same grace that Christ has offered us. To get a little more context into the needs the DART will be seeing, I talked with Dr. Elliot Tenpenny, who's the director of our International Health Unit, and he'll be leading the team on the ground in Ukraine. Talk to me about your team and who you wanted on this response. We've gone to war settings before. Uh, We've been in significant conflict settings in the past with the emergency field hospital. The people that we're sending out, we're sending out over 50 professionals, both clinical and operations staff, to establish this hospital. These folks come from all backgrounds, whether it be surgeons, nurses, um, engineers, specialists in electricity, water. Um, They all go out and they're all trained to have a mindset of flexibility. Because, frankly, the answer to your question is we don't know what we're going to see. Um, with a war, it could be acute trauma. It could be refugee needs, health needs, uh, the displaced. It could be the local hospital and the normal health needs that people are seeing, or usually have, that we have here at home in the United States, um, aren't being cared for anymore. Uh, women can't find a place to give birth safely. They... Uh, people that have surgical issues, normal surgical issues, can't find a place to get care. So it's a very flexible unit, um, and we don't yet know what it's going to focus on. Uh, but whatever we find, we'll be ready and suited to take care of them. I guess, how has your team even been preparing for this? Is it different, or do you sense, a, is there any scripture you guys are clinging to? Or how, I guess, how have you even prepared, and maybe was it difficult to form a team? 
going into this? Um, he brings together the individuals that need to be brought together in the right numbers and the right types. Um, but I can tell you from being in other places like this, um, you could become a team very, very fast. And you serve needs that are far greater than you could do on your own, uh, far greater than what you could do with your own hands. The last time we were in a major war, we saw more trauma patients than a major level one trauma center in the United States does in a year. Um, I expect similar things here. And to do that, we are a small part of it. We're a small part of it. We work for years to put together boxes and consumables and pharmaceuticals and plans and all of that. And we lay that before the feet of God and say, use this as a tool however you see fit. And he does the rest. He does the rest. So uh, a prayer there specifically that um, this team would come together. And now let's go back to Dave's conversation. Yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine. I actually was just thinking about Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego today. You know that we're going to go into that fire. We know that God can save us, but even if not, and I feel like that is not that any response is easier than another. They're all difficult and take a great measure of faith. But I'm just thinking and praying for all of these DART members that even if not, you know, and I pray that they come out unscathed, you know, that they don't smell like fire and that God protects them. But you're right. There's just so many unknowns. How do you even establish a hospital in a war zone? Yeah. You know, as a Samaritan's first calling is to go to the ditches of life. We always have to consider security issues as a, as a central part of what we're doing because the places we're going are dangerous. God called me years ago to do this sort of thing. So I'm not afraid of it. Um, God never said that wherever we go there, we would be safe. Um, and somebody said once, if you're, when you're in the will of God, that's the safest place you can be. God will call you to do hard things. And uh, I believe I'm in the will of God and I'm doing hard things. And whatever that looks like, I'm willing to do it. And, and, uh, and actually, it's a privilege to be able to serve in this capacity. And so what oftentimes we see when everybody's leaving, we're going in the opposite direction, going towards the danger. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a calling um, that really is about going to the hard place, doing the hard thing, getting close to the pain. Um, we really see that with Jesus's example. I mean, heaven was safe and he came to earth and he died for us. So, we, so that's a part of a, the essence of our calling. That doesn't mean that we don't have to take very practical, uh, real-life precautions. And that starts when we train our people in, uh, when, before we've deployed. It starts, with it, and then it goes on to continual training, even more on the field, reminders. And then we have specialized people who are just thinking about security. Hey, how can we stay safe? Where are the dangers? Where are they coming from? Um, how do we make sure that people know that we're here to help everybody? We're not discriminating in any way. We're going to help everybody, whoever comes to us with need. We're not, a, we're not one of the parties to this conflict. We're just here to help in Jesus' name. And so all of that kind of blends together uh, where we try to create a culture in, within everything that we're doing to say, we're going to help. We're going to be forward-leaning. We're going to go to where God calls us to, to go, regardless of how dangerous it is. But we also be smart in that. We're not just going to charge in there and do something that's mm -hmm. foolish. So, so it's a matter of prayer. It's a matter of good communication, training, and trying to build the team's awareness of some of these things so that they can continue to serve as long as we possibly can in dangerous places. Something I want to mention is that we go in Jesus' name, not our own. 
And we pray that in every aspect, we do things for the glory of God. And as you've heard in the episode today, disaster responders are walking in bold faith, and they need encouragement as they encourage others. And you may not know this, but every time we deploy to a disaster, we send a member care chaplain to care for our DART staff spiritually so that they can care for others. I heard from John Freiler, one of those chaplains. He was there that morning to deploy with the team. It's amazing that God gives us the favor to uh, be in the middle of these responses, to be in the epicenter of a world event. You know, reporters and such go and report on history, but God's given us the ability to make history along with history. And you have responded over 20 years to so many different disasters, natural, man-made, but you were in Mosul. So you have been in a uh, warlike response, um, and now you're going into another one. So can you talk to me about how you prepare yourself for that and maybe— what God even showed you in that situation that you're carrying with you here? Because I feel yeah. like this is a different preparation. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, Mosul, uh, I think the biggest surprise in Mosul is when, when we went into this war zone, we were expecting to, uh, you know, maybe have soldiers in our hospital. And that's true. We did have, there were soldiers, even ISIS soldiers came in and we, we helped them. Uh, but it was the women and the children that were blown up that came in that I think was the biggest, had the biggest effect on our staff. I mean, there was a lot of women and children, and that's hard to see. There's a lot of vicarious trauma that I know our staff uh, in these hospitals will deal with. Now, I know we have medical people, and they're used to injuries, they're used to trauma, but this is different. Uh, these are innocent people that are being attacked, and uh, thank God we're able to help them, but they'll be, it'll be impactful. It will be impactful to our staff. And, and as member care, staff care, we're ready for that. Uh, we have ways of which we can deal with that. Um, you mentioned one of the scriptures. Uh, one of the scriptures, one of my favorite scriptures, um, is just John fifteen five. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, Christy, when we go into this uh, war zone. Obviously, God is with us. We're going to pray that He's with us, that He protects us, all those things. But even more than that, God is in us. The Holy Spirit is in each one of us that call ourselves Christians that are there. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ is in us. And so, how do we as DART team respond? You know, we have a choice. We can either rely on our own energy and effort and strength, which will last a good three to four weeks, and then you're worn out, or you can abide in the vine. You can abide and allow the Holy Spirit to live His life in us and through us. And as a dark chaplain, that's my encouragement. That will be my encouragement to our dark team, is to yield to the Lord, abide in Him, surrender to Him. We humanly don't have the strength to do what we're being asked to do mm-hmm. on a long-term basis. We can't do it. But if God's called us, He will equip us, and He has equipped each one of us through the Holy Spirit who's in us. Jesus saved us to live in us and through us. Samaritan's Purse is grateful to be uniquely positioned to respond in Jesus' name to this horrible tragedy. We're going as ambassadors of Christ into this war zone. And although we pray for an end to this crisis, we know the Lord is going before us. And I love this reminder of being ambassadors in 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making His appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, Be reconciled to God, working together with Him. We also appeal to you. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. 
And that's why we go, to serve as ambassadors for Christ, to help people physically, yes, but more importantly, to share the spiritual hope that we have in Jesus. My husband, Edward, shared these words at the press conference moments before the team boarded the DCA. But we do all this not for humanitarian reasons. We don't do it because it's a good thing or even that it's the right thing. We do it because scripture tells us to. Just like the story of the Good Samaritan, we don't want to pass by anybody that's hurting in the ditch. We want to be able to love on our neighbor. But God, these resources that we have at Samaritan's Purse are not ours. It's not man's. These are God's resources, and he expects us to go out there and love our neighbor and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's why we go. We treat everyone. We don't deny anyone, just like that story of the Good Samaritan. We don't pass by the broken person in the ditch, regardless of who they are. These doctors, nurses, and specialized operations personnel boarded the plane as the sun was rising. And even as I'm recording this, they are literally just landing. And I pray that they'll be protected as they serve in Jesus' name. But also be praying for the families in Ukraine. Pray for peace and comfort in the midst of this crisis. Pray that God's presence will be felt and that our teams will be able to share His love. And if you want to keep up to date, and see stories and pictures from our teams on the ground, go to our website, SamaritansPurse.org. And please, I encourage you to share this episode. We need prayer warriors lifting our teams up, and we really appreciate your prayers and support. We truly couldn't do this response without you. So thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless you.